Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Great to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged In-Depth this week. I recently had the opportunity to attend the UITP Middle East North Africa or MENA conference in Dubai. And while I was there, I spoke and uh, moderated a panel, hosted a CEO roundtable, did lots of fun things. And one of the things we did was sit down and interview the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of the Public Transportation System in the Middle East nation of Oman. His name is Mohammed Salim al Ghafri. We became friends with him. He tells us today all about how public transit works there in his nation. I think you'll find it a fascinating interview on today's episode of Transit Unplugged In-Depth. Welcome to another episode of Transit Unplugged. And today I'm excited to be coming to you from Dubai uh, in the United Arab Emirates for the UITP Middle East North Africa Transport Congress. Meeting lots of interesting people here, including my first friend from Oman, which is a nation here in the Middle East. And it is Mohammed Salim El Ghafri. Mohammed, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Mr. Abou. It's my pleasure to be with you. There's a little bit of um, great Arabic music going on in the background. You may hear it as our soundtrack to this podcast. Good cracking on it. That's right, yeah. So, um, hey, tell us a little bit about Oman, the country that you're from, and then we'll get into your transport system that you had there. Okay, so Oman is officially known as Sultanate of Oman, and it's in the southeastern uh, the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, the capital of the country is Muscat. Uh, and we have more than 4 million and 4.5 million, so that, not that many people living in Oman. And my friend Munir said you all are very hospitable there. Yeah. They like to show people a good time and enjoy themselves there. The Omani people, they know him for the hospitality and the welcoming people. Then they welcome all, all types of people with all the culture background. That's great. Yeah. So um, tell me about your public transportation there. Okay. Mu'asalat, uh, officially known as Oman National Transport Company, was founded in 1972. Uh, by a royal decree. At the beginning, the aim from founding the company was for student transportation. But in 1984, another royal decree came giving more to the license to the public transport for the country, national and international. We were one of the earliest companies joined UITB in the 1984 in the region. And uh, then when it was doing well till beginning of 2000, I would say. Uh, getting a car was very easy, financing very easy, oil was very cheap. So most of the people got their own cars. Then in 2012, 2013, the crowding started there, the traffic congestion increased. Then the government said, no, now we have to find alternative solutions. So let's move back to one to TC. Uh, so they came with a new strategy for the public transport. I was also hitting that project. Uh, the plan was planned for 2015 to 2040 uh, for uh, the buses mainly. Uh, so we got to, the first thing we have done, changing the logo, changing the branding, the company get rid all that's linked us with the word brand. We came with a new brand called Muasalat. Okay, see the red, and anyone can just Google it. I can see uh, the nice coloring of the logo. <coughs> and we win like three times. We win the most trusted brands in Oman. Really, that's yeah. great. Uh, you must provide good quality service if you're a trusted brand. We do actually. I think 
our uh, customer satisfaction is above 91%, 93% last year. It was difficult at the beginning. Uh, the consultant that we have done, the, 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 the master plan said, you may transport around 5,000 passengers in a day, the capital of Moscow. Okay. Said, okay, we'll take the challenge. We started with 5,000. We started actually 5,000, 6,000, 8,000, 9,000. We reached to 25,000 passengers in a day. In the holidays, weekends, we reached to 28,000 in a day. And that's like a car. And uh, it was really an achievement in the country that depending on lots of cheap oil. Yeah. And the roads are convenient. Still, we, we made, I remember His Excellency, the Minister of Transport, he started a public transport. So the, how we will run a bus service here with this conjunction, destructive. Go to your excellency, there's no traffic in Muscat, believe me. You should know others. <laughs> in other cities, you can see the traffic. Yeah. And But we are really the, having a good operation control center in which they monitor the buses and they can ask the driver to slow down, speed up a little bit so we can maintain our frequency. That's good. Uh, so that's what you operate? You have big buses? That's your main form of transport there? Yes. The main public transport mode in Oman is buses. And how many buses do you have? We have 500, uh, almost 524 buses. Okay. Uh, we have many buses operating for schools. We have the city buses and we have the intercity buses. So we link Muscat to all other cities of the Sultanate. Okay. Uh, our longest route is more than 1,000 kilometer driving. Wow. Yeah. And we have international cities also connected to Dubai, for example. And currently, we have a plan to connect uh, to Abu Dhabi through our friends. Okay, yeah. that's good. And do you operate these buses with your own employees, or do you contract it out? No, we use our own drivers, and uh, our intercity drivers are all Romanis, all nationals. Okay. And uh, our intercity in city buses only we have uh, like uh, ten percent of them are expats. Okay. But uh, the rest of the, our workforce is Romanis. Our uh, Romanization. Present day is 94 percent, and we win also uh, the GCC awards for the nationalization in this field. Because you can see, I think in all GCC you will find the Romani only driving a bus. Yeah, with his traditional clothes. Is that right? Yes. Oh, so that's their uniform. Is it traditional clothes? Traditional clothes. We gave them the choice whether to use the uniform, the company uniform, yeah, or you can use your traditional clothes. Most all Omanis, they use traditional clothes. And what's that look like? What kind of it's, clothes does it look like? Yeah, it's Dishidashi, the traditional, what we call it, in Arabic region called Dishidashi. Okay. And there is a turban. Right. The heads for a cap. Okay. is special, you can, someone can Google it and he can find the traditional Omanis. Yes. So what's your job uh, over this transportation system? Explain what you do. Okay. When I started in the company, <clears throat> I was in another company. My father told me, Crazy going to this company in 2013. It wasn't branded. The petition of the company wasn't that good in the, in, the, in the industry. So my father was really upset for me why I'm going to this company. I told him that I, I met the chairman, I met the CEO, and they have plans to shift the company. And really, they want uh, talent to be able to deliver and drive these uh, changes. I think that you're lucky. Let's see how it's yeah. enough with you. So. I started in the company as a supply chain manager, but also I was the, the board secretary. I was running a couple of the projects of the, in the beginning uh, of the new era of Mu'asalat, 
So I was the rebranding project manager. I was also the uh, strategy project legend, the company restructuring, and also the first specification for the muscles I designed it with. So yeah, I started from there, then uh, the, the board gave me also the trust to be the, the general manager after some time. Then from the general manager, I'm currently the chief operating officer of the company. That's great. Uh, well, so that we have, as I mentioned, 524 buses, and we have around 1,400 employees. Then we have also ferries. So we have uh, six big ferries uh, operating the coastal area in Oman to Wheeling, Shedna, a city called Shedna, the coast, to an island called Masira. Okay. And we're also wheeling to Oman, also Shinas, the city called Shinas. Uh, to the northern area, which is suburbs, also from the an island called Musandam. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So tell me about an average day for you. Like, what time do you start? What do you do all day? Okay. Uh, every day, it's have its own challenges, I would say. Especially when you're dealing with around 900 drivers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so starting in the morning, most of my morning at 8 o'clock, I started reading the emails the most important emails, then the starting the meetings with the team, seeing what we have done last day, what the challenges of the day. Yes. Uh, the transport, always there is a new challenges on a daily basis. Yes. Uh, especially with the, I would say, driver, preparing absenteeism, uh, uh, the main challenges with the member, and then it will come to the buses of valuability, the vehicle of road, and all of these things. And, but I have a really very good team. I would always say that we have more than 90% of our drivers are really good, really, really good. And always when we run the charter services or contract services, I've always had a good feedback about our drivers. So I'm really proud of them. Really nice. Okay, yeah. We have achieved now without the team in the background. We have really good team. Uh, our reliability is 98%. Bus reliability is 98%. Is that like your on-time performance? Yes. Okay, so they're at the bus stop on time 98% of the time. Wow, brother, I got to fist bump you for that. That is awesome. Not many systems can do that. Last week, also, we have launched our system Google Maps. Okay. So you can't like track the bus to reach you Yes. through Google Maps. Yeah. I think not so many countries have done this with the buses. So now the chairman was checking. Is it? I was checking for the last couple of days. It's always one minute, one minute only. And you want to catch three minutes, four minutes. So I said, no, it's not allowed. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. How do you, what's your headways? Like, do you have 15 minute headways between buses or 30 minutes or what's your, what's we, normally yeah. like? We have 12 routes in Muscat and okay. uh, another two routes in another city called Salalat. So in Muscat, we have 15 minutes frequency. We have 20, we have the maximum 30 minutes frequency. Okay. Yeah. And we have our own operation control center. So they monitor, they monitor each bus on ride. Right. And they see if, uh, if the bus got stuck, for example, in the traffic, and another bus in the front of him, once this bus got off the traffic, they will tell you to speed up a little bit, and the bus right. the front got to keep To keep the distance, yeah, so you don't have bus bunching. Yeah, that's great. All right, so you, you have some meetings with your staff, then what do you do the rest of the day? Uh, just handle yeah, problems, or are you basically like, we call it a firefighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a fire, yeah. We have do a lot of strategic meetings with the CEO. Okay. And with the board and with the ministry. So most of the time is main strategic. It's maybe around 
maybe 20 or 30 percent is really looking after the operation, but the rest of the time is strategic. Strategy, yeah. And uh, almost every week there is a new project, a new strategy that we deliver it, whether to our mother company, or ASEAN, yeah. or the, uh, our uh, the ministry, the Minister of Transport. And the last couple of weeks was a new strategy for new projects. To come also to reduce the subsidy from for the public transport, we started some new projects, and let's wish it will see the light. Yeah. Do you uh, do you charge a fare to ride the buses? Yes, but it's very minor. Like in dirhams, if I say dirhams, two dirhams, three dirhams. Okay. Yeah. So, like as a percentage of your total budget, how much comes in from the fare box versus how much subsidy do you get? Uh, like, is it like ten percent coming in from the fare box? No, it's more actually. Okay. More than ten percent coming from the public. So we have also the advert advertisement revenue. Okay. We have very good income from the advertisement because we are the only public transport right. operator for the public. Yeah, the monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And also we have charter services. Okay. And we have also the contract services for the school transportation. Yeah. So from here we reduce a lot of subsidy that's coming to us. And also, we start new things like the AC, solar AC bus shelters, uh, it's, it's to encourage the sustainability. Right. And uh, it's, it's also sponsored by other companies, but most mainly by oil companies. Also by oil companies. Uh, they put in solar power in your bus stops so you can have air conditioning? Yes. And also, they put their naming rights, and we got the income for five years for it. Or the naming rights. The naming rights for the bus shelter. Oh, the bus shelter. Oh, that's cool. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, because it gets really hot over here, right? Up to like 50 degrees Celsius? Yes. In, in the summer? Yes. Yeah. So people would be melting out there if they didn't have Absolutely. air conditioning. <laughs> so this is why we have the AC bus shelters and we have the light tracking for the buses. So you can set in your office, you know, it would take you only three minutes, for example, to reach for the bus stop. Right. So you can start at that time. That's good. Yeah. Now, how did COVID affect your ridership and all that? And how are you doing now? I think it affects us dramatically the same. Like everybody else, else yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we stopped the public transport for six months. And when we went back, also we went with 50% recubency. Uh, okay. Till now, we have to adhere to 50% recubency uh, of the buses. Oh, oh, really? Yes. You only allow 50% of the capacity? 50% of the capacity. Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And still hitting up a lot. But I can see the numbers is, is going, are going up again. Yeah, uh, that's what's happening around the world. Time. It will take some time. But I don't think we'll be able to go back to the numbers we had before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it will take some time. Let's see how it's going. So the people that ride your bus, have you done surveys to figure out, are they going to jobs or are they going to shopping? Or like, what are they mostly doing? Yeah, we at the recent uh, survey we have done in October, and we have, the, as I mentioned, uh, the satisfaction was around 93%. Right. Uh, the Omanis using the public transport, it was around uh, uh, 26%. And believe we in a deep private car catcher in Oman, 26% very high yeah. using the public transport. And also ladies using the public transport around 24%. Okay. So in our bus, we have the front seats or the front lane, two lanes of the seats. It's for ladies and families. Oh, okay. So the culture point of view, so we right. expect that. Uh, we find also around 45% of our bad singers are daily bad singers. People <laughs> using uh, the bus to go to their jobs. So they're going to jobs, yes. Okay. And we find also around, uh, if I'm not mistaken, around 46% they enjoy 
the bus. They use the bus because they enjoy it. Wow, yeah. that's nice. So what are your plans? You say you're working on strategy. What are, can you tell me some of the plans you have coming up to improve the service that you already provide there or, or new strategies? Yeah. So still the long-term bus master plan, we have maybe that's small percentage we have done out of it. So we have to start from creation of city uh, transport in other cities. And also from the, the technology part, we have our new system for the AVM and AFC just launched recently. Uh, and we are going to phase two for the intercity reservation system. Uh, and also we are going this year for many systems, I would say. Fleet management system, the UHC system, and uh, ride hailing system. The plan of all of this project to be delivered this year. And also... So ride hailing, would that be with the fixed route buses or would that be with cars? It's, the plan is to use mini buses. Okay. Currently we are having, we have so many mini buses, city ideal because of the pandemic, the right. school buses. Right. So the plan is to use these buses for ride hailing and not to use them in the fixed routes or fixed time. Right. Yeah. So somebody would go on an app yes. and, and call it and then it would come and pick them up? Yeah. I, I have seen here in the exhibition here, I've seen a couple of companies, they have done a really great job on this. So we are studying many options for this now. Yeah. Yeah, still. Uh, also, we have a new project. It's for the for the tracks management. So the plan is to utilize our operation control center uh, to manage the tracks for the ministry and find a platform that link the ship link the shippers with the transporters. Okay. We have submitted our proposal also for this, and we're just waiting for the feedback. But we will be able to do that as well. Yeah. And also, we entered the oil field. Uh, Companies, so there is another rules or regulations to enter uh, the operation of buses in the oil fields. Right. And now we are heavily going to that. We have like you would take workers out there? Yes. To the oil fields? Okay, yeah. yeah. So we have submitted a couple of tenders and we have a project for some of the companies, some proposals. It's under evaluation and most likely it will be awarded soon. That's good. So you got all kinds of stuff going on. So, but as chief operating officer, your job basically day to day is to make sure it keeps running well, right? The most important thing is to me to know that uh, I have enough manpower, enough buses, and all the buses left the depot on time. Yes. So the most important uh, things to me. And later on, we'll see also other reports like accidents in case there is an accident. And still monitor also the battling, and battling by rules, battling by generation, and all of these things. Right. Yep. That's good. So, um, uh, how long have you worked there now? How many years? I started with them in 2013. Okay. So, you've been there almost 10 years. Yes. Yeah. I am 36 years. years old. So, everyone asked me, I'm oh, getting it for like you became a you know, CEO. Yeah. I told them it's obviously not only they, something else, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must be good at what you do. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, if you're hitting. Uh, 98% on time and 93% satisfaction. You're doing something right. That the TV is doing. I'm just wanted to you see Continue doing. That's good. <laughs> now, are you funded by the national government or by the city government or both? National government. So you're like the national system. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. This so is how the system works there now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how about your boats? How do how do they are they run smoothly too? Yes, we are running like three times for the channel, three times, I mean, in a week. 
from Shinas to Sendever, and people depending a lot in the ports in these ferries to transport from the mainland yeah. to their lands, to their islands. That's good, right. Transport food and all type of workmen to, to, to the island. So yes, we were working during wow. the pandemic for seven. Our team got COVID, just uh, shift them and get the other people right. to keep the transport running. That's and good. even during the pandemic, we support the government. Uh, so uh, we modified four buses, four buses in our workshop. We modified them as a moving laboratories for the BCR tests at the oh, beginning yeah. of the pandemics. Uh, even the AC, we isolated the AC for the driver and doctors from the AC of the patients. Okay. We have done that in-house, so I'm really proud of all the team. Yeah. And also during the pandemic, the government requested us to ship the people from the airport to the hotels, quality hotels. For quarantine? Yes, for yeah. quarantine. And uh, at that time, we didn't force the driver because we put an announcement who would like volunteers. It's yeah. a risk. He may get uh, the COVID. Right. And uh, we found really many people, they came I asked them, I asked one of them, it's a old fellow, and said, you yeah. have kids, why are you the thing? It's for my country, I need to do that. And and he got COVID, you know, and he got COVID, but uh -huh. I keep in touch with him, put his family if they want something. What he went with? Transport around 4,700 passengers from the airport to the hotels and hotels, later on to their cities. Wow. And there was also the cyclone recently hit a man called Daniel Sainton. So we will call it our 99 buses for the poor and prayers to go and help people there at that area. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today, telling us all about how you're operating the system there. Uh, Mohammed Salim al Ghafri, sounds like you've got things under control in Oman. Thank you, Mr. Wood. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And it's uh, an invitation to you all the audience. Please come visit Oman, and I'm sure you will like it. Very good. I'd like to do that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged In-Depth with our special guest, Mohammed Salim al Ghafri from the Sultanate of Oman. Now, next week on Transit Unplugged News and Views, we have Patrick Goddard of Brightline Trains. As always, if you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on Transit Unplugged, feel free to email us anytime at info at transitunplugged.com. So until next week, when Paul and I will be at Think Transit in Fort Worth, ride safe and ride happy.